This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 235, podcast we're listening to and feedback. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Strangers and Aliens, and this is a podcast where we talk about things that are strange and alien, things like, you know, movies, books, uh, comic books, all sorts of stuff like that, that tend to lean in the sci-fi fantasy direction, but then our discussion tends to lean in some geeky and spiritual directions as well, because we are all geeky Christians here. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, one of three geeky Christians who are going to be speaking to you in the context of this live recording that we're doing right now. But there are going to be many other voices heard in this episode because this episode is a feedback episode. Uh, the If there is a main topic, it's um, beyond the feedback. It would be that we're going to give some recommendations about some podcasts that we listen to and like to listen to. But before we do that, I want to introduce you to the other two gentlemen who are with me right now. And when I say other two gentlemen, I guess I am implying that I myself am also a gentleman, but um <laughs> I'm 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 referring to Evan David. Hello, it's me, Evan David. And Steve I'm back. Steve McDonald. That's me. So you got all, both right. the, all three of us, I guess. It's all three they of us. They have all three of us. You have both of us. And we have both of the other We're two. all here. We are all Everyone's here, here uh, except for Dr. Jace, but Dr. Jace hasn't been here for a long time. So Emeritus Very true. He's, it, it he's is. the host emeritus. It is what it is. And it is whatever you just said. So, Evan, <laughs> before we get into yes. our main topic of discussion, which isn't really a topic of discussion and into the main uh, bulk of the episode, as far as content goes, which is all the feedback that we're going to be getting into, uh, you have something to share with our listeners that has to do with really like almost every single branch of the stuff that we do with strangers and aliens. Almost. It does. So if you uh, have noticed recently, and if you're listening to this far in the future from the release date of this episode, then you probably don't care. But <laughs> recently we have rebranded, uh, Strangers and Aliens with new updated graphics, and uh, it, this can be seen on our Facebook page, on our main website, strangersandaliens.com. It's also on our um, podcast cover art. Now, does this make this the second or the third podcast cover art that we've had? 
I think the fourth. Really, the fourth. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So, what we our previous podcast cover art, you guys know, it was those really gorgeous uh, caricature paintings of Ben and Steve and Doctor Jace, and you know they represented different genres in fantasy and sci-fi, and they were really great. Um, we wanted to uh, add me to the mix because I've been on here for. A, a good while now but uh couldn't get a really cool painting for me so we decided to check out a different artist what they could do for us uh so we hit up dog wings which is a design company you can find them at dogwings.us and uh they have a special connection to me because it's actually my uncle is the entire company um, he does logos and cartoons and caricatures and whatnot and so we went to him with this and uh, he has designed some new cover art for us. So stuff. Uh, we are reflecting the changes that uh, we made to the, the logo on our YouTube channel. But then for uh, the redesign of us, you know, pictured on the front, we've got some new genres here, some of the old, old uh, podcast art. We had Ben as Captain Kirk or a Captain Kirk-ish person. And now Ben is a cyborg. With a robot arm and a gun. It's pretty As awesome. if Captain Kirk wasn't a cyborg. But go ahead. And cyborg abs. Because yeah. <laughs> they got the face okay, but the body shape... Uh, well, let's just say I, I haven't looked that good since uh, grade 10. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And we've got Steve in the previous podcast start. He was a uh, like a Gimli-style dude. Mm-hmm. Uh but here he is an old-fashioned uh, serial spaceman uh, with a, the crazy helmet and a, looks like an Uzi. I, I don't know. I don't really use guns. But I guess if I were a spaceman, I would need to be using guns, like, apparently. And my, my kids yeah. looked at the picture and said, Dad, now you're completely bald. So, you know, there's nice. that. To be fair, in a lot of your pictures, <laughs> you do look completely bald. Yeah, yes. very so, true. But that's, you know, something I have to deal with. Nothing to be it's ashamed okay. of. It's okay. I mean, if you're going to be, you know, commandeering space blimps, I think you're going to need a gun, which I think is what you would be doing. And, and okay, so baldness would help, I think. In also need that, yes. Makes you more aerodynamic, even though there's no air <laughs> in space. Um, Dr. Jason, the last one, was a superhero character, like a Superman, but now he is taken on the role of a forest elf fantasy type person. Um, looks pretty great. Dr. Jace, what do you think about that? Us I too. think it's great. Yeah, we we, we agree, Dr. <laughs> Jace. Yes. Um, and then they've added me to the to the mix here now. Originally, when we were going to add me to the pre-existing podcast art, we had talked about putting me in like a speed racer kind of outfit. But since we uh, did the whole to, thing. To be, to be fair, you had talked about putting you into a speed racer type yeah. of outfit. Because I were a speed discussion. racer. Right. But we were thinking, hey, you know, maybe we should do something a little more generic and yeah, not so specific. Instead of could have could have could have gone to Indiana Jones also. Well, it was it was really interesting the different genres that we were kicking around initially because you know for a picture like this it just it needs to just be sort of iconic and it can't be anything nuanced. So you know Speed Racer okay you're getting the 
the cartoon and the anime stuff in there, but he's a, just a race car driver. Why is a race car driver in there with an elf and a spaceman and a cyborg? You know, so well, getting and, and the what right we had mix in the old really the, good good yeah, the, discussion. The old stuff that we did was specific, and it was mm-hmm. you know Superman, Captain Kirk, and and a dwarf from you know the Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and it was trying to find something that was equal to those icons that was very difficult uh mm-hmm. that would that would work you know because you could do like mm-hmm. a frankenstein or something like that but that's it it doesn't work as far as like showing the face and right. and keeping the the head shot as a, you know a, a pretty decent looking uh caricature and so it was we had to we, we were batting around a lot of different ideas and then yeah when it wasn't going to work out to to match up the artwork we started batting around these new ideas now. Okay. So if we're going to do something new, what's it going to be, you know, who, what, and, and we could kind of start over from ground zero though and say, okay, well, what are the genres that we should be looking at here and how should we, you know, represent these genres? Should we be specific again or should we go with, you know, a vibe and a feel for the genres, which is what we ended up doing is it's more, you know, Steve is a generic spaceman, yes, and it's clearly he's an old school sci-fi uh, spacesuit guy. But at the same time, he represents uh, a large corner of of that sub subgenre rather than a specific thing like Captain Kirk. And mm-hmm. you know, putting putting me in a cyborg outfit where it's it's you know that more new new sci-fi and and that kind of thing. Uh, and I say new, I mean, cyborgs have been around for a long time and cyborgs, the way we're presenting them has been around, you know, for at least, at least as long as I've been alive, but six million dollar man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then looking at, at Dr. Jace with the, the wood elf thing. I mean, that could be Lord of the Rings. That could also be Zelda, honestly, yeah, <laughs> or mm-hmm. not Zelda mm-hmm. herself, but, um, I was know, sort like, of pushing for Like if we were going for the, the old, you know, a, a continuation of what we were doing, I was sort of pushing for Dr. Jace as a force ghost. Because you know, <laughs> sort of that still the presence on the show, but not yeah, actively, if, you know. There, but they wouldn't. If, work we, if we were going specific, yes, it would have been a, yeah. a great idea. Yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah. So that brings us back around to now with Evan. Uh, what how yeah, Evan is, is represented on on our our podcast art. So go ahead, Evan. We're, we're, no, I've, well, I've got to be the superhero, so I I am honored and very <laughs> thankful. Um, and one idea that we. Do you want to go over the idea that we wanted to do but didn't end up doing? Well, first I want to say, I I mean, the whole idea of you being a superhero, I mean, that's that's been it's it it makes sense that we put you in that costume. You know, I mean, you had I I was at your wedding, you know, and and, and got to got to (laughs) hear, you know, you you enter into your your uh, uh, reception uh, to the theme of the Superman music. Of course, I was out in the hallway. Uh, with the janitor's cart cleaning out, you know, rooms and stuff like that when it, when it was happening. Um, but I was there, so I mean, yes, there is that. That was but, before we really started hanging out a lot. Uh, that was before. So, I think we'd only spoken like once. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't invite them to the wedding. No, I wasn't that, even invited either. Well, I'm I was sorry, invited. Steve. I was invited to the wedding, just not by Evan. I was invited by the associate pastor who was saying, hey, they're having a wedding reception. You need to be there Saturday night so you can clean it. Or was it Friday night? I can't remember. But you need to be there uh, I can't to remember clean, either. clean up afterwards so that um, you know we can have church on Sunday and people aren't Sorry. going to be annoyed by all the, the garbage. And um, yeah, 
and you get the chairs I was married on a Friday. I was. It was Friday I night. I think for it us, was yeah. Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Thanks. Saturday um, weddings, by the way, if just for all you out and li- all you listeners out there, Saturday weddings are the single worst thing you can do to a church. Just just throwing it out there because the church facilities team, or in my case, the church facilities team was me, has to be there Saturday night to get ready for Sunday morning. It's it is rough. It is rough. So just keep that in mind. I'm not saying change your plans. I'm just saying, you know, maybe do something a little nice for them. Like uh, leave a gift Again, card for them or something like that. But I'm we, sorry. We try we had for for our credit, we had an early afternoon wedding. So it wasn't I, like I, we're I, starting at six. But your it reception was at Saturday. the church. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what, we, what we I, got uh, married in we got married in a, in a castle. So no church wow. was bothered by our our wedding. I'm not saying change your plans. I'm saying just be aware of this situation. The people who do the job, they signed up for the job. You know, they, they knew what they were getting into. Just just throwing it out there. Anyway. Anyway. I'm a, I get to be a superhero on the cover. I'm very happy. I love superheroes. So, yay. And, and I ben, don't remember I don't remember the idea that we were going to go with that we didn't go with. We were going to go with we were we were wondering what to do for Ben because we all the other guys landed on something that they really liked and oh, we were like, yeah. "Oh, what, what should we do for Ben?" So, one of the ideas we had for Ben was he's just in a kaiju suit with the helmet or the <laughs> the mask off, you know, holding it under his arm. Yeah. Um, but that, but then we decided against it because that'd be more like we're wearing costumes instead of actually just being the the people right. from the genre. Yeah, if the we had all been in costume idea, but we couldn't get his face in the swamp thing, so it. Didn't well, because really the problem was my face looked so good as a swamp monster that people couldn't recognize <laughs> me. And, and right. you know, like, so which one's Ben? It can't be the handsome one in the middle there. Right. No. And then no. Ben Ben is a fairy, <laughs> but that you know has its own problems. Although it's part so. of my last name. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's our, our new art and it looks, it looks good. It's fun. And uh, we're kind of going more with a green. I don't know how we ended up on the green and orange. That's just what you ended up using for YouTube. Yeah. I just doing branding yeah. there. So, yep. So sorry. <laughs> just went ahead with that. <laughs> hey, I, I like it. Yeah. I, I like the colors. Um, I was pushing so, for great. more classic Houston Astros, but you know, we landed on just the green and orange. So. <clears throat> no one gets the joke. Okay, wow. No, so what do we got for today, gentlemen? This is a great show coming up. <laughs> so uh, if you've looked at the title of this episode, you've seen that it says podcasts or podcast recommendations or something like that and feedback. And so we're going to start with a podcast recommendation thing. And I just thought it'd be a, a fun time for us to, since it is a looser episode with all the feedback and stuff, just to briefly um, give some podcast recommendations and let uh, people out there who listen to Strangers and Aliens to hear about some of the podcasts that we listen to and that would be potentially relevant to the interests of our of our listeners. And so that's that's you out there listening right now. Now, when I say relevant to your interests, uh, the example I gave to Steve of podcasts not to include would be like if you li- if, if one of us listens to like a knitting podcast. Um, that's, that's really maybe something we're interested in and maybe something we'd want to talk about eventually someday when we decide to let the world know that we're super into knitting, but not necessarily (laughs) relevant to the interests of people who are listening to a podcast about faith and sci-fi because it really has nothing to do with faith and or sci-fi. 
Right. Uh, although I guess the case could be made, you know, some people like knit, you know, firefly hats and, uh, and Totoro hats and stuff like that. So I guess potentially there could be a link, but actually speaking of link, I've, I've seen people who knitted, uh, things that, that look a like link people. hat. Yeah. But, um, nice. Anyway. One of my friends, one of my friends knitted me a, um, a, a Jane hat from firefly that I used to wear with a plum. And then I lost the plum. <clears throat> so anyway, um, are we going right into these, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about some of the podcasts we're listening to right now. And I'm just going to start with two newer podcasts that I want to give a shout out to. And one is um, Com Talk, which is the podcast that is a it's a podcast. I don't know spinoff of a YouTube channel that's uh, by Geek Devotions, and um, they I've been lis- listening or watching I should say their their YouTube channel for a little while now and really enjoying their kind of weekly devotions that they do and they have extra episodes as well, but. Um, they, they do a really, really good job with it. And, and actually one of the most recent YouTube episodes that they did was about Dr. Strange. And it was, um, someone was a, a guest, uh, who was kind of giving a testimony about some, some health things that she had gone through. And, uh, it was a really, really touching testimony and really powerful. Um, the Com Talk podcast, there's only three episodes right now. And it's really just kind of more of what they do with their, their uh youtube channel but just in a an audio format and it's it's good it's fun the other one that was um uh recommended to me recently it was called the redeemed otaku podcast which is all about anime and they've been around more than a year i think as of as of this point right now and they do they will uh take take on a uh, uh anime movie anime tv show and just kind of dive deep and I haven't listened to every episode they've done because some of them are anime things that I either want to watch and would like to watch it and then listen to the episode or that I'm not interested in and, or uh, I've never heard of. And so I'm, I'm just kind of picking and choosing right now. But um, they did a really good job on their Spirited Away uh, coverage and they did a Ghost in the Shell episode as well that was really, really good. So Cool. Um, Sounds interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's two. Um, I'll... I mean, then there's the standards, of course, there's a sci-fi Christian, which is out there and we've, you know, we've done things with them and we're good friends with, uh, Matt Anderson and, um, and there's also then the Spirit Blade Underground, other uh, underground podcast with Peter Franson as part of the, the uh, network that we're a part of. So, yeah. So those are the standards, cool. of course, we have to, to mention them, but you guys have a couple you'd like to mention or I've got a couple more, but I'm going to turn it over to you quickly and then we'll. Maybe come back to me. Go ahead, Evan. I'll do. I'll go last. All right. Well, I'm not a. I'm not a huge podcast connoisseur, but uh, of course, I listen to the comic book Time Machine and Welcome to Level Seven and unofficial podcasts about Agents of Shield and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but then also, uh, I've been listening to uh, Word Balloon. Uh, which I'm going to recommend with a grain of salt because sometimes there is some brief strong language used on the show. But this is a guy who uh, has really, really good connections in the comic book world, and he brings all the current and even – I mean they're still current, but some of the great comic book writers and artists of our time and brings them on and interviews them and has really long conversations with them and gets the inside scoop. So that's really cool. Um, then there's a podcast that, uh, Ben, you and Daniel butcher, 
uh, told me about, which is the Disney History Institute podcast. Uh, which yeah, is a, a, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that. It's a, it's a guy who apparently he's just, uh, uh, incredible authority on, uh, Dis- Walt Disney and the, in the Disney company and their, their past. And, uh, he's done in-depth articles and research and, and basically it's a scripted podcast where he reads one of the articles that he's written. Um, and they're very, very good. Then uh, one I've just started listening to recently. I've listened to two episodes of this, but I've enjoyed. Well, actually, I think it's only been like an episode and a half. But I've enjoyed what I've listened to um, so far. So I can't vouch for all of their content, but uh, it's labeled as clean content. So and it's the Animation Addicts podcast, uh, and they talk about animated films. Uh, doesn't matter who they're by, they talk about them. So that's been. I listened to one about Fantasia 2000. It was very enjoyable, and I'm in the middle of one about, what is it, Storks. Um, so, yeah. And then I will occasionally uh, listen to Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology podcast. Wayne, and then Grudem is spelled G-R-U-D-E-M. And it's very good. He's a very good teacher, and he gives a very balanced uh overview of all these things he gives his you know he tells you when it's his point of view and then he gives you everything all the other people's point of view on the theology so it's very good yeah all right i guess it's my turn yeah yeah (laughs) um there's uh a bunch of uh, a couple that you mentioned already um especially the comic book time machine and and this is just a shameless plug for ben when ben does his um what are they called? The, uh, the, uh, Marvel, Marvel cosmic comics, Marvel cosmic comics, uh, episodes. They're just not to be missed, especially by someone my age who bought some of these comics that, you know, a lot of them. Um, and, uh, you know, just having someone else walk you through the, uh, what came up that month and all the different, you know, things, you know, anticipating the, ones that haven't come yet you know knowing that micronauts is still in the future and you know what's he going to do for not too far away those things are not too far away yeah (laughs) so it's it's pretty cool um you know i grew up playing with micronauts toys mixed in with my star wars action figures you know so it's just it it brings back all those good feelings and and you know making a, a tower out of old style legos and calling it the death star and just you know that type of fun um, and he doesn't, uh, you know, Ben to his credit is the type of person where he'll find the good in something, even if it's something horrible <clears throat> on the fly. <clears throat> and, um, <laughs> and, you know, even if it's something that, that is otherwise not noteworthy, he finds the stuff in there that, that is noteworthy, you know, and, and you're not thinking about it it's there and he's you know he's very knowledgeable i mean if you listen to any of the shows you know um so anyway that that's one that i i don't miss um my problem is that i i don't have a perfect way of getting updates on my podcast so some of them it's just kind of annoying because i have to like remember to listen to them and then i listen to them in huge blasts um there's one uh, new one that I just found uh, a little bit ago called Five Minutes in Church History. It's just a five-minute uh, 
podcast and it just takes one little element of church history or, you know, an, a, per, a person or an element of theology or whatever, and just digs in for five minutes. And if you have five minutes, you know, there you go. If you have a half an hour, you get six shows, you know, so it's a, it's a nice little quick one. Um, recently, a friend of mine and friend of the podcast, uh, J.S. Earls, uh, put out a, um, a podcast is a mystery thriller. It was a serial called Slain, S-L-A-I-N-E. I believe it's still uh, up for people to download the whole thing. Um, it's not dramatized, but it's um, it's not just red flat affect either. It's you know someone who uh, put a little time and effort into it. Um, so if you if you like that type of thing, uh, it's I think they're like you know ten minute episodes, um, and uh, interesting interesting twist at the end. I don't want to give it away. Um, let's see other things that are interesting. There's a um, oh boy, it's not in my feed here. Uh, here it is. Here it is. Uh, it's called the X Files Truth, and um, they take. Uh, X Files. I think that they may have. Um, I think they're doing one a month, or maybe it's even less than that. People have gotten busy, but it's uh, multiple people, and they take different elements of one X Files show, and they'll go through. They're trying to go through the entire uh, run of X Files, and they'll take one episode and talk about it. And um, you know, they dig into uh, theology in there a little bit. Uh, at least one of the one of the people is a uh, is, is a Christian, so um, you have that element in there. Um, you have people talking about uh, shipping moments, where you know, uh, are they, you know, boyfriend girlfriend? Are they just friends? That type of thing. If you like that, um, it goes into the tech. It goes into uh, you know a lot of different things, and um, very well produced. Uh, you. Usually there's a musical theme that's picked out and, and they, you know, they, do, they do something with and uh, they'll fe- feature clips from the actual show and stuff like that. And uh, a lot of times they'll have a, a song that, you know, it, that they'll do with the clips of the show put into the song. It's, it's very well done. It's uh, usually about an hour, an hour and a half uh, long. So it's the type of thing where, you know, if you really like the X-Files and you really want more, <laughs> here's about two times as much as the episode gave you. And uh, it's just people, you know, more people talking about it. But it's just, it, it's a really good one. If you want to pick and choose, just to, you know, go to the, your favorite episodes, you could. Um, if you want to just sit there and do the whole thing, that's a cool thing, too. Um, one that is uh, more specifically Christian is Are You Just Watching? With uh, Eve Franklin and I forget who's the other voice. Or maybe there's two other ones. Um, but they usually... T- take uh you know one episode or uh, you know one uh, series or one movie or something and then uh, just break it down and look at it theologically and uh they don't just trash everything sometimes you know when you're just looking at something theologically it'll just devolve into well it doesn't glorify god so it's garbage <laughs> um and you know sometimes i can tend towards that thinking you know and i have to sort of dig myself out of there too because you know sometimes you have to chew the meat and spit out the bones and and this is a good podcast because it encourages that type of discipline uh and that type of um discernment um in a very engaging way 
Uh, Eve is a good friend of the podcast. She's actually done a couple of shows with us. Uh, she did one of the voices on my uh, shadow Christmas play that I did. Uh, so you know, it's a it's someone who's who has a connection with us as well. Um, a couple of the ones that are more specifically Christian that don't really have much to do with uh, fantasy and sci-fi um, that I enjoy uh, would be the briefing which is Albert, Albert Moeller, Al Moeller. He's the uh, president of the Baptist something. <laughs> but he's a big name. He's been on, you know, CNN and, and he's interviewed for, you know, magazines and stuff like that. And so he's, he's not just uh, a no, you know, just a person with, with no credits to his name. He's someone who, who thinks deep about uh, theology and culture and, you know, politics and, and, all this stuff and, and puts it together. They're about 20, 25 minutes long. They're daily. Um, so you can, it's, it's basically a news program. You know, if you listen to NPR, um, you know, you'll get this type of, of, uh, of a thing. It's, it's one voice. It's just him, uh, you know, doing the thing. There's no discussion. There's no interviews or anything like that, but, uh, he, um, he really takes, whatever is going on in the world to task and breaks it down and, and lets you know theologically, uh, you know, what's going on there. Um, and another one uh, is Wretched Radio, which is more geared towards evangelism and missions and apologetics. Um, but again, they take uh, hard issues sometimes and they uh, break them down. They give you a theological uh, a basis for, you know, jumping off into whatever, uh, you're, you know, you're going to encounter, um, the, the guy who does it is a, a he used to be a stand up comedian. So it, there's a lot of humor in it. There's a lot of, it's very well, you know, high produced. There's a lot of bits and things like that, that they do, but still it's something that, uh, I, I get a lot of, uh, good information and, you know, theology out of, um, very well done. It's connected. I don't know if anyone out there knows, uh, it's connected with Ray comforts ministry. Um, and they do a lot of things together as well. Uh, there's a wretched TV show. There's a, a wretched uh, website, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's a huge, uh, huge presence, and it has a lot of. I mean, they've done about two thousand TV shows and thousands of radio. They do two hours a day on the on the radio, and uh, some of it, like Wednesdays, they just go in, and it's a witnessing uh, program, and they'll go somewhere and it's live witnessing. Um, to people and talking to people at universities or talking to people in, you know, cities or whatever. Um, very interesting stuff there. Uh, I think other than other ones that I little hits and misses here and there, that's, that'll be my highlights, I guess. All right. Yeah. And then I, I just want to remind some people more, um, of the kind of sci-fi Christian type of podcasts. Uh, that's out there. One of them, actually two of them that haven't been updating much lately, one being Geekly Yoked. If you haven't listened to them, uh, go listen to their backlog. It's really, really good. It's a, a married couple. It's Lehman and Rachel Kessler. And, uh, it's, it's, it's good, good stuff. Um, and then another one that hasn't been updated, I think since like December, is From Dorkness to Light, which is um, Professor uh, Allen and, and his daughter. And they, they talk about well, the stuff we talk about. So, uh, and then there's also Saving the Game, which is a, a gaming podcast that is um, about you know, gaming and and uh, and the Christianity and, and things like that. Except 
you know, it's just like us, except they do gaming and, and we do, um, you know, re- books and, and movies. Uh, and the Real World Theology podcast with their reviews of movies and insightful discussions there. And yeah, so I'm sure there's some that I might have missed talking about um, in some of the circles that we, we travel in with, with the Christian sci fi stuff. But if I did, I, I apologize. I'm, it's late and I'm tired. Uh, the other two podcasts I wanted to mention that I'm just loving right now is uh, one of them is called Lore, which is a really oh, yeah. uh, well produced uh, podcast. That just kind of looks at um, weird happenings, and uh, you know, is is this real? You know, is is Bigfoot real? Well, let's talk about this. You know, this there was a sighting here and and there, and basically, you know, every episode is kind of I'm going to tell you some historical background and now i'm going to talk about some sort of weird creature and i'm then going to ask if it's real or not and then i'm going to say you know <laughs> it's not but it could be and even if it isn't real it's kind of real isn't it you know and it's it's good though i mean i'm being a little snarky here but um and the other one that i've been listening to that i'm really enjoying and i i'm i just can't stop listening to it and there's a couple hundred episodes right now it's the Atari 2600 game by game podcast. <laughs> and this guy is going through the entire catalog of Atari's 2600 games and other companies as well in order by part number. So wow. I thought I thought that I was a little bit wonky with my comic book time machine stuff that I'm doing, you know, reading every month of Marvel Cosmic Comics, which is licensed books, you know, Star Wars and the Human Fly and Battlestar Galactica, those kind of things. But I'm going month by month, cataloging it in, in podcast form, basically, as I'm reading them. Well, this guy, part numbers, he is and he catalogs every single wow. bit of, of trivia about like the different box styles there were, but then also the gameplay he talks about and then his own. Oh, yeah, and his, his episode on basic programming is riveting. Oh my goodness. It's funny because <laughs> he is not a programmer. And so yeah. some of the stuff that he talks about is like, I don't even know what this is supposed to do. You know, and, <laughs> and it's really, I mean, specifically the, the basic programming one where it's just kind of, uh, you know, from what I can tell, you can make boxes move around if you program it correctly. Yeah. And, yeah. um, my mom but, thought I was a genius when I like made it look like a, a checkerboard pattern. She's like, wow, you do a really good job. I'm like, yeah, that's about it, mom. <laughs> well, then, then I'll have other people who write in with memories of the games. And so with that basic programming one, there was someone who wrote in. He's like, I just remember getting this and thinking, I can create my own games with this now. Yeah. And and he hadn't opened it yet, but he just has his memory of of – he was planning this huge swamp thing game because apparently the movie, <laughs> the, the swamp thing movie was like on heavy rotation on HBO or something like that, that summer. And he's just in his mind, like imagining how would he make this game look and, you know, and what would you be doing? And with all the different fighting and stuff, and then he opens it up and it's like, you can make a box move and bounce off a wall. And uh. that's, if, that's if you're good, you know? So anyway, those, those are the podcasts that um, I've really been enjoying lately. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of our, our main topic, if we're going to call it that. And now we're also going to get in some feedback. And this feedback, this is on me that we haven't done feedback recently. And, and it might be something where maybe we should be trying to do a little more timely. Um, I'll just say this. Uh, with the equipment that I have now, uh, the soundboard that I used to have has died. It makes it very difficult for me 
um, to organize things and get it ready in such a way that I can play it back for uh, Steve and Evan and, and then editing it the way that we have to edit where I, the way I have to play it back for them. Um, it's, it's not an easy, quick edit. Uh, and so that's part of why we just, I, I just, I just put it off because it's easier not to do it and let it accumulate that it is to do it and just get it done with. Um, so that said, if there are some feedback, uh, things that we have missed, I do apologize. And, and again, that's on me. Um, we've got some really good feedback here though, that we're, we're about to dive into. So the stuff that I was able to organize and put together and pull together for, for, uh, Evan and Steve, as we're going to go through it, um, there's some really interesting stuff here, some really good stuff. And so I do want to thank everyone for writing in and for calling in and, um, you're not forgotten. We do read the stuff. Uh, it's just, it hasn't gotten, it hasn't gotten play on any episodes because of my reasons. So <laughs> it's not an excuse. <laughs> it's a reason I hope. Anyway, that said, we're going to start with some Facebook feedback and Evan compiled a few recent, uh, comments, uh, on some of our Facebook posts. So Evan, yes, I'm going to turn, turn the microphone over to you. All right, we have several Facebook posts, uh, posts, and they're relatively short compared to our emails, so we'll just fly through these. And uh, if you guys have any comments uh, about the the posts, just stop me, and we'll we'll talk. We'll stop about right the... there. All right. <laughs> so here we go. The first one is from Nate Gunn, uh, relative of James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I don't know if that's true. I just made that up. But anyway, Nate Gunn via Facebook Messenger, he says, Hey guys, just wanted to reach out and say that I enjoy your podcast, Strangers and Aliens. I listen through the app called Pocket Cast. Can't wait to hear your uh, your new content in the future, smiley face. And remember, keep being awesome. Thanks, Nate. That won't, that won't be hard. Yeah. Every once in a while I forget. Tell your brother. Yeah. Every once in a while I forget to be awesome, but it doesn't last long. So. <laughs> Yeah, even when I forget, I just keep being awesome. It's like I just coast on the awesome that I've already produced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We need so to Nate, stop. Tell your brother we want to, we want cameos in the we want cameos in the next movie. So just mention that to him next Thanksgiving. Um, all right. So this next one is from Dallas Panda Marshall Mora. From um, the uh, hey guys, the, he, he's from the Geek Devotions uh, YouTube page. Oh, sweet. Yeah, great. Hey guys, just wanted to let you know I love listening to your podcast. Been listening to you guys for a while now. Just listened to episode 226, the most important sci-fi and fantasy movies decade by decade. And I hear Evan, I think, say he stayed away from Metropolis because he heard about the anime. I actually watched it because of the anime, and I strongly recommend the anime too. It is absolutely beautiful. The mix of Tetsuka-style drawing and amazing soundtrack and scoring the different take on the classic movie. I just love it and recommend it. Of course, I love when people take something old and update it, but keep a level of honor for the source material. Keep up the great work, guys. And like I said in that episode, uh, my friend just told me that it had some stuff in it, uh, and that was in like seventh grade. So <laughs> I, I'm i intrigued, and I might take a look at it, and uh, and you might hear about it here on the podcast at a later date. Thanks for your I'd, feedback. Guys. I'd let you borrow mine, but my friend borrowed it from me, and then he sold all his DVDs, 
which <laughs> included the DVDs that he borrowed from me. Wow. <laughs> bummer. Wow. It was That's an accident. But not yeah. Cool. But I ended I up with his, I, I, I ended up with his copy of 2001. With, with the, that happened to me once with, uh, I had a whole huge collection of, um, the original like game books for the um, Marvel superheroes uh, role-playing game. And I left them over at one of my friend's houses and it, very sad. They got a divorce and, you know, we were just sort of like, what do we do? How do we, you know, I mean, obviously they're going through so much other stuff. How do I get my stuff from them before they, one of them moves out and et cetera, et cetera. And the funny thing is I went to a, um, a comic book store uh, near, around you know where we live and it's a huge one they have you know uh, just everything and um they have this thing where you know it's like used stuff and you know off whatever stuff you know open stuff and everything and i'm just flipping through it and i'm like this stuff looks familiar and sure enough there's my handwriting in a couple of them <laughs> and i'm like these are my notes <laughs> you know <laughs> that i wrote on these things and i'm like and I'm like, I could make a big deal about it, I guess. But I mean, what are they going to do? It's like, believe me. So I was just like, you know, I don't want to buy him back. And, you know, so I just sort of left him there. So, oh, that's sad. It's kind of sad. But yeah. you know, it was it was it was a time where it was just all confusing. And One time I lent my Legend of Zelda game to a friend and then uh, it got <laughs> stolen from his house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Memories. It's all right. Okay. <laughs> Moving on, we have uh, uh, three comments here from John Harju. So I shall read them all. This Harju, 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 Harju. All right. As long as we don't make Here's fun the first of his one. name, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Here's the first one, gentlemen. I submit this thought for your own contemplation. The original work of Christian horror was written by Bram Stoker in, in 1897. Uh. I believe if you have read the work, you would agree with me. The movies are so far from the novel that these won't work for my argument. Gentlemen, what say you? Because I hardly have any idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I have an idea of what he's talking about, but I haven't read Dracula in so long decades and decades <laughs> well it's, but i mean i i'm i gladly stand with him on that because yeah i trust him <laughs> how's that with with what exactly I, i'm i wasn't sure exactly what he was getting at he's saying, he's saying the first the, the first work of christian horror is bram stoker's dracula the novel oh the first work of christian horror yeah um, I would have to politely disagree, but I don't have my information here right now. So, so maybe okay. this is something we need to table. Yep. And then I could All sort right. of dig if you it have, up. And... If you have another example of Christian horror, bring it up later. But for right now, the statement stands. The statement stands. All right. Well, and then we have... And uh, all right, go ahead. All right, we got we got two more. So here's here's the next one from him. So I have been behind on the podcast lately and just got to the greatest, most influential episode. Steve, just when I think I may have you figured out, you go and pull out Val Luton's cat people. 
you, sir, just became incredibly fascinating to me. <laughs> and then <laughs> wait, he's not done. He's not done. And then alien Steve, seriously, I feel like you've been holding out for the past however many years. So, yeah, well, that comes from you saying that the most important or influential sci-fi movie of the 70s was Alien, I think. Is that right? I'm could thinking, be. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I mean, you know, if yeah. if it if it wasn't Star Wars, then it was Alien. <laughs> well, okay. I think you I think you went with with Alien as your answer for that one, so because we both picked Star Wars, I believe. Yeah. All right. This is his next one. He just posted this today, the day of recording. So here it is. I'm at the beginning of the Alien Race Smackdown, and I had a thought. Who would win in a fight between Superman and the entire race of Xenomorphs? I think that it would result in Superman having to actually kill something to resolve his situation, or him dying a death so brutal that DC couldn't believably resurrect him. Well, he can kill things. You know, he can kill animals and stuff like that. Well, no, like in in the current continuity, he's like against killing anything. Like literally in the comics I'm reading this past month, there's giant monsters attacking this town and he's getting really mad because people are killing them to stop them from rampaging. So, okay, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't don't read the current iteration so i can't i can't comment on it i have read superman versus alien the comic book crossover and i can't remember i'm pretty sure there was a scene where superman is trying to convince everybody not to kill the alien queen because they're living things and i think eventually dark side just omega beams the the queen and i can't remember if she if she dies or or he teleports her somewhere can't remember but who do you think would win? Uh, I'm thinking Superman would win. Yes. Well, I mean, in in a real world setting, you know, it, it would be interesting. But I mean, if they were making a comic book about it, of course Superman would win. You know, the Superman yes. uh, uh, name, the brand, is much more than the alien brand or the xenomorph brand. So obviously well, Superman and- and the alien is clearly the villain, and in a Superman story, the villain cannot win. Unless it's like a horrible right. Frank Miller Elseworld story or something. Right. Um, now, now, but you guys know more Who about are this you than guys? Who are you guys? Like, when we have these discussions, <laughs> like the SmackDown discussions, it's none of this, well, because of the brand. And, well, the franchise would obviously <laughs> cause the winner to be blah, blah, blah. No, you guys are like, oh, no, this this unlikely situation would happen, and then this would happen, and then this. You guys, I don't know who you are right now. This is No, but legitimately, Superman would win. Now, yeah, let but, me ask you this, but though. But go ben, there. Let's talk about because... it. Say it. Say well, it. Well, let... Legitimately, Superman would win because he's strong enough, and he, the acid wouldn't cut into his. He'd be able to win because he's Superman and has the powers of Superman. Like, and even yes. if he wasn't going to kill them, he'd be able to round them up. You know, with his super speed and his super strength, and the franchise, of course, would make <laughs> guys. Like, ben, I, I, I understand. Let me ask you a question. Speed. I think super strength and super speed would would take care of most of them, if not all of them. And 
I mean, he has beam weapons out of his eyes. He has freeze breath. He has everything in his arsenal that would be perfect for taking out anything that doesn't have, you know, a, a, a range weapon, basically. Well, he could fly a mile above and just fry everything on the planet with his eyes. Or freeze them all. Yeah. And, and move okay, them. Okay, but like wait. That. I need to ask you guys a question. Okay, what's the deal with the facehuggers? Because do they, when they emerge, you know, from somebody's chest, do they... Because I got the impression they take on attributes of whatever host that they infested. Yeah, they do. Is that that's correct? Yeah. So if, if aliens could theoretically win if they're able to face hug Superman, maybe because in that Superman versus Alien story, the the what happens is Darkseid gets a hold of the aliens and unleashes them on New Genesis, and they call Superman to help. And one of the facehuggers gets Orion and is able to infest him, and he's going to die because he's got the alien inside of him. And he's a new god. So would that be – I mean, does Superman have like super antibodies or whatever that could get rid of the alien infestation if he got facehugged? Uh, uh, if we're going to get real specific about like the xenomorph you know, and, and trying to do the facehugger thing with him, first of all – I don't think that the face hugger would have a chance unless Superman is like sleeping with his mouth open. Yeah. Uh, to, to actually, you know, lay the egg within, within his system to, to allow him to get the DNA. Once the egg thing or you know, the implantation of the DNA is in his body, I don't know if it would be able to penetrate any of the, the skin cells to actually merge with his DNA. But if it did do that and it actually did burst out of him, you know, assuming it doesn't kill him, uh, but it would, you know, have some of his DNA. Um, if, if it doesn't kill him, uh, we, we'd have to talk about Steve. I don't know if, if it would kill him or not, considering, you know, healing factors and that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I still think he would be able to be fast enough if he's still alive to grab the thing as a, you know, this, this mini little thing that, that would run away and scurry away. He'd be able to grab it, fly it up into space, throw it in the sun or something like that. But, because it it is yeah. a very you know, once that burst from the chest it's a it's it's blood is still acid, but it is um it, there's there's not a lot of strength in that that small little creature. So. Yeah. Yep. Superman yep. wins. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you guys though. Like you you dive in so deep on those versus episodes that we do. But here you just, well, Superman is obviously the most important character in the DC comics library. So he would win. What is going on here? Like, I don't disagree with you. Okay. I do not disagree with you there. And I'm also the guy who says all the time, you know, who would win? Whoever the writer wants to win, the writer would find a way to make that, that person win. I mean, I I do say that, but (laughs) okay. I was just going with Steve's line of conversation. I'm blaming Steve. For once. For once. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, let's dive into some email we've we've gotten here. We're going to kind of take turns reading the email, but we also have some voicemails. And I'm going to start with uh, listener feedback about Till We Have Faces. And this is from uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel Grove. And he says, hey, guys, just wanted to write a little feedback about Till We Have Faces. First of all, in my imagination, I will take credit for the creation of these two episodes. As I posted about the book and you commented it on it on Facebook. And then the next week, what do I find? An episode about the very book. So despite you all saying you had this plan for months or years in advance, you're welcome. 
in my imagination. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect with this book, but since you all so highly praise it and I love Lewis, I was excited to find out what I'd find. I was excited to see what I'd find out. All I knew about it going in was that it was a retelling of mythology and I know nothing of those mythologies. So I knew it'd be a fun ride. I am very impressed with the writing style Lewis has and how real and personal it all is being a first person view. I feel like it is all really happening. I hope I can someday achieve that with my writing. I like the original elements of the story, such as the main character being female and ugly. Uh, two things I don't recall ever seeing or reading in any story. I also like the character development. However, I was mildly disappointed overall. Personally, one of my reading pet peeves is when something is not revealed or is not revealed to be real or not. And there were just a lot of moments early on when you never really know, are there really gods or are they all just lies and moral stories? It does seem to reveal that there are, in fact, gods because of the disaster that followed after Psyche used the torch that night. The god-slash-gods caused real-world destruction in the valley afterward. Also, in the end, Yahweh-slash-Jesus of the Christians is mentioned, but it never addresses how the mythological god-beings and the Christian god coexist or differ in this world. Later in the book, where I feel much of the story and pace fell apart, it came back where old Arul has a bunch of visions or delusions or dreams. I found that an annoying piece of storytelling as it seemed to leave the real world and just be a bunch of visions which seemed to be packed with symbolism that, was, that never was explained. Perhaps my lack of knowledge of the original myth is to blame, but it was so abstract all of a sudden. And when Psyche comes back into the picture after Ural has so vehemently defended her case, instantly she switches to kissing her sister's feet and saying how she will never call her mine again. It was totally out of character and a what-the-heck moment for me. I listened to the audiobook narrated by Nadia May, and that was an awesome redeeming quality. Her voice was great for this. Would love to know y'all's thoughts about these things. If you ever have time to write back or address it in a listener feedback spot sometime. And so, yes, Daniel, you may now take credit for this episode as well, because we are addressing it in a listener feedback episode. And, and I'll just say, I mean, this is one of those your mileage may vary kind of things um, where this book affected us in a, in a much different way than it affected you as far as um, the symbolism and stuff like that. But I mean, your opinion is not wrong because I mean, how can I say, no, opinion. you don't, you, you don't feel that way. You know, like you're wrong. You exactly. don't feel that way. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I almost want to apologize because we did. I mean, I still, I still feel like this is one of the greatest novels I've ever read in my life. Um, so I don't know yeah. if you can get much higher praise than that from a person, but, uh, considering the high praise i mean that it is and i think i think a lot of it is open to interpretation and if i don't know when we got this email is if well obviously it's after the episodes we did but we gave our opinions on on what we took away from it in those episodes but i just want to i'd like to touch briefly on the the yahweh jesus and the pagan gods correlation thing i took away from the book that there are no pagan gods that the god thing that psyche was dealing with was god in some form or another and it's you know the all the legends of the pagan gods are just you know distorted mirrors of the true god and the vision segment uh, when i read it i was a little confused too and then until i went back and read the wikipedia article about the original myth and the vision is c.s lewis's way of having or showing Psyche going through all of those trials and things that in the original myth, Athena makes her do. Um, so it's still in keeping, it's still keeping the, the events of the myth, but doing them in a different way. 
And so I don't think a lot of the things in the vision portion, a lot of the things he talks about, they're not necessarily metaphors that are supposed to mean something. They are just events that uh, Psyche either went through or that Aurora is seeing her go through, but they are the events from the original Greek myth. And they are Aurora's opportunity to get a little bit of redemption by helping her sister with those things, you know, unintentionally in some ways, you know, and, and without knowledge of what she's actually doing, uh, but actually helping her in in some ways. And and it's, yeah, but again, it definitely, your mileage may vary on, on these things. So, um, Mm. yeah. And, and I, I, I feel, I like a lot of things that are weird things that nobody likes. Um, that's the the one thing I feel about this is I'm not the only one who feels like this is great, a great book. So I feel good <laughs> about that. But, you know, I also I would totally be friends with someone who didn't like this book. So, yeah, you could you could not like it and still be our friend. Yeah. yeah. So we got another uh, feedback about uh, Tolio Faces, and this is in the form of a voicemail from RC. So let's listen to that now. Hi, guys. This is RC from Indiana. Uh, glad to hear you finally did the. Um, till we have faces uh, review, uh, I'd requested it some time ago. I don't remember which episode that was on, but uh, anyhow, uh, you know, just just really glad to hear it. Uh, glad to hear Evan enjoyed it as well. Uh, I agree with everybody else. You know, when I uh, I read it just after you had done the uh, or at the end of when you were doing the year of C.S. Lewis, and and so I kind of missed a lot of that at that time. That was when I first called. And was just astounded by that book that I had not read it, nor anybody had I known read it, uh, you know, in my personal life. Um, but man, yeah, this was a fantastic book. And, and, uh, you know, even though I had grown up in a Christian home, I had fallen away during college. And so a lot of, of what that book went through, um, you know, was just so personal and obviously it's fictional and not necessarily directly allegorical, but obviously reading through that, and knowing uh, C.S. Lewis to be who he is or was, um, that, you know, I, mean, what, I can't even imagine reading that book and not being a believer. I don't know what it would read like because there's so much, as mentioned, nuance. Man, what a powerful book. What a great book. You know, anybody who, who, who I know is a Christian and, uh, and enjoys fiction, I have, since I have read it, I have recommended that book many times. Uh, um, there's not much I can, I mean, everything you guys said is, is spot on. There's so much in that book. I mean, you go on for, for days, but yeah, I'm really glad you guys did it. Thank you so much. Um, I'll be looking forward to your next episodes, uh, whatever it happens to be, but yeah, I'm glad to hear you finally did it. Thank you. And uh, you guys take care. And another person taking credit for um, us doing the episode. <laughs> but, Excellent. Uh, Thank you, RC, for your your uh, your feedback, though, and and you're welcome for for doing it. it. It was a labor of love, and yeah, it was definitely something. Clearly, we we loved so. It was fantastic um, going back through it, and you know, knowing the twist at the end, and knowing you know all the little stuff, but then going through it and and, and like looking at it critically, and still being able to pull out as, you know as much as we did. And like I said, I think in the in the episode, I said I, I still have a couple pages of notes. You know, <laughs> that yeah. we didn't even get yeah. to. Um, it's just so deep and so rich. Um, it's quite possibly go back- w- one of my favorite episodes that we've done. I, I feel like we had oh, a really yeah. fun, good conversation about it, too. 
Definitely. Mm. To go back to, to what he was saying about what other people who aren't of, you know, Christians would get out of it. I mean, first of all, it's a very well written book. And there's that, you know, you get this really interesting story and the really interesting, you know, progression of the character and everything. Um, but yeah, you would really miss all the, I mean, the, the subtext and the, the retelling of the myth would just be, oh, this is just an, another myth based on a myth. So it doesn't, you know, it, it would just seem like a, a well-written book. You know, I think it, it's, uh, it would have a lot of parallels with, you know, a, a lot of the, uh, the Harry Potter stuff where people who aren't specifically Christians read the book and they don't realize that the author was a Christian and was, you know, putting Christian themes in there. So, you know, it's a well-written book. We had a lot of fun with it, et cetera, et cetera. We like the characters. And it would just be that type of a book. So. All right. Well, we've got some another uh, listener feedback uh, voicemail about Doctor Strange now. Hey, this is Nathan McGill calling from Georgia. And I uh, just listened to the, the um, Doctor Strange podcast. And just felt like giving some feedback because I haven't uh, been in touch in a while and haven't reached out in a while. And I just wanted to uh, back up Steve on his comments, um, his kudos he was giving towards Marvel for not giving the wink towards the drug culture that, you know, they totally could have tried to capitalize on. And uh Ben didn't seem to really get the correlation between 2001 Space Odyssey and why that was being brought up. And I think I got it perfectly. I think I understood Steve is basically saying, look, <clears throat> here's a movie that historically the drug community embraced and the movie capitalized on that by, you know, um, they benefited or profited from the drug culture, going back and seeing the movie because of all the trippy stuff in it. Um, so Marvel could have totally said, we got a lot of trippy stuff in this movie. We could totally capitalize on that. We could even give like a wink and a nod towards the drug community that will be watching this film and tripping out on it. Um, so, you know, let's give a, give more of a, a wink or a nod to to that or even just commentating on it and they didn't um and that was wise marvel and disney i think uh, because they didn't encourage you know folks to trip out while they're watching dr strange and it's really funny that this gets brought up uh in your podcast because i actually just listened to a review done by fat man on batman with kevin smith and um they were he was basically just encouraging like get baked and go see dr strange like, you know, do what you need to do, uh, you know, and go trip out watching this movie. And, um, I, you know, I'm so glad that they didn't as well because, you know, you don't want your kids being influenced, um, you know, watching the film and it becomes something that is on the list of movies to watch when you're, when you're high. Those movies, they, you know, the, those audiences find the films that are like that. They'll certainly find this one as well. And they didn't need to call it out in the film. So <clears throat> I got you, Steve. I, I hear what you're saying. And 
I like it. So, anyway, I hope you all are doing wonderful and great, and I'm loving the show. I'm glad that things have picked back up. Feels like you guys are really on a roll, hitting a stride right now, and that's really nice. So, keep it up. Bye. And I just want to say that we have a three-minute limit on the um, the messages that you left on our voicemail, and he hit exactly the three-minute. Like, I don't know <laughs> wow. if... I mean, that was a, exactly three minutes and one second, I think, the recording actually was. So I don't know if he heard the lady say, thank you for your message, goodbye, <laughs> or not. But um, <laughs> but he was done before that happened, and I'm super impressed by that. So That's great. Excellent. Um, beyond that, Steve, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that. I don't, I don't want to really dig up again what I had already said, um, just because... Yeah, not to belabor the point, and I think he, he articulated it very well. It's just... You don't need it in movies like that. And they didn't do it. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And and what we said, I think, stands stand on, on its own from when we said it anyway. So, oh, yeah. Um, OK, uh, let's see. We've got another email here from Adrian. Um, Evan, why don't you take that? Hi, everyone. Or excuse me. Hey, everyone. I listened to the episode 201 and Steve was talking about the Star Wars novel. And I thought he was crazy when he talked about Han Solo being a lizard. I went about my day and then I listened to another podcast, Finding Christ in Cinema, and they talked about Han Solo as a lizard. And then I looked it up, and it turned out that Steve is not crazy. Sorry, guys. Wait that, a minute. <laughs> I have to take issue with that. In that Han Solo was intended to be a man lizard. I'm so excited. Okay, and then I guess he's done talking about yes, that. Switching um, gears, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am so excited for Spider-Man Homecoming because Vulture is in it. I love the Vulture, and I know nothing about him, literally, but I know that he can fly. But I love the vulture because I have a pet parrot, so I love birds, and that he shares that same name as me. And he is played by Michael Keaton. I am also excited for the Shocker. His costume looks like the real costume. And in Finding Christ in Cinema, they have feedback at the end of every podcast if they had any. So you guys might want to do that. Sincerely, Adrian. Yeah, we actually kicked that around. Um, we have. Um, it's it's an option i i guess if more people would like that uh you know please go right ahead and yeah. suggest it we might uh, we might do that if more people want it i did find our old hailing frequencies uh, uh sounder that we used to use when we would do cool feedback at the end of the episode so you know it's, it's something we can do and probably something yeah. we should do it's just again like i said it, it Depending on how it works with the audio feedback, it, it makes it a much um, – it's a different editing experience for me when I when we do that. So, yeah. Okay. Yes. And now we have another uh, couple voicemails from Nathan McGill. Hey, this is Nathan McGill. Congratulations on your 200th episode, and I guess that means I've listened to about 200 of these. Um, just got through listening to the television portion of the stories on screen, and um, for television – I'm surprised nobody mentioned Supernatural. Um, it's on Netflix. You guys can catch up on it. Maybe you're just not savvy to the show. Really good show, though, and the longest-running sci-fi television show in the history of television. At least I think that's correct. But if that gets your attention, then it's worth your time. So check it out, and talk to you soon. Have a good one. Congratulations again. 
Okay. All right. All right. So, gentlemen, I know you might want to say something about what we just listened to, but let me play part two before you respond to what he just said in part one. Okay. All right. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So at this point, you've heard my voicemail, and you were like, "No, that can't be right." The longest running sci-fi television show in U.S. history. There's no way. Well, I don't really know that I said U.S. history because you were probably thinking, oh, no, Doctor Who, it's been on since, you know, time was created. Um, and that would be true mostly of the Time Lord. He was around when time was invented by God. Um, possibly um, or when television was invented. Doctor Who was the very first thing they thought of with Doctor Kangaroo, both at the same time, um, or Mister Kangaroo. What would happen if Mister Kangaroo? I'm going on a tangent. Anyway, yes, according to Variety, Supernatural is the longest-running sci-fi television show in U.S. history, surviving three showrunners, which is like incredible, and starting their twelfth season. So who would have thought that it would have survived the WB, becoming the CW, and then going through three or four different showrunners as well. Um, and the fact that they look like they're not going to stop anytime soon is pretty impressive. Plus, the storylines are pretty cool, and it's definitely, definitely, definitely worth your time, even though it's kind of an alternate universe to the biblical world of angels and demons. It definitely starts off with some cool monster of the weeks and then turns into a epic uh, journey of angels and demons in a world where God basically created the universe and then disappeared. So if you can kind of get with that whole lingo just for a short period of time, enough to watch uh, this particular show, I think it speaks largely to both why that is a flawed idea and what the world would be like if heaven and Hell's gates were just open at all times um, to affect our world. So I think it's pretty cool. So anyway, check it out and um, hope you enjoy it. Bye. So I, I don't know much about Supernatural. I know you guys may want to respond now that he's clarified longest running sci-fi show in American television mm-hmm. history. Um, and I'll just say this. I know Dr. Jace loved, loved, loved Supernatural. I don't know if he loves, loves, loves it. But he loved, loved, loved it. And I still never got around to getting into it. I saw like three episodes in like three different seasons. <laughs> so, um, okay. So turning it back over to you guys now, if you have any, your, any response now that you've heard his, his clarification, I've heard all these voicemails. They haven't. That's why I was able to say, wait, wait, wait. Let's listen to the second part. <laughs> I am, I'm just going to say that supernatural is not for me. And I think that's apparent. <laughs> yeah with the magic stuff i think one of the things where i try to give grace to certain movies and certain tv shows and you know different things because if i don't i won't be able to like anything <laughs> you know because i mean you know the the marvel universe and the dc universe are based on evolution and you know things like that so um, I really try to give grace to certain things. That being said, um, supernatural, I anything that takes God and they use him as 
the actual God, the creator, the Christian God, and uses him as a character and not as a character that brings glory to him, but actually is you know destroying to his character is is taking away from his glory just by representing him the way he is for instance uh garth ennis's preacher a lot of people like that they think it's really cool and funny and all that stuff but it just is there's no other word for it it's blasphemy and when it's that overt I mean, you know, everything, if you really think about it, is blasphemous, but, you know, in, in smaller ways, in larger ways, whatever. And some things you give grace to because, you know, you just you want to enjoy something. I don't I don't read a lot of Doctor Strange from Marvel Comics, you know, when I used to read them a lot. But, you know, he would pop up in, in some of the epi- issues that I would I would get. So I, I, just, I would sort of just sort of gloss over his use of sorcery and that type of stuff because it was just you know one issue and i was collecting a whole series and i just put it in and it just i it, i didn't collect any of his you know that type of thing so i, I gave it that much grace to get through and, and you know enjoy the series that i was trying to enjoy um with supernatural it's just it's based on i mean there's no other word for it there's blasphemous concepts and when it gets to that level with something, I find it really, really difficult to extend grace to it. Because if I tried to say, hey, this is you know a, a good show to watch, except, you know, hey, don't believe all the theology in it, but, you know, have a good time. And, and I don't know another person's the state of their soul. I don't know that. So for me to extend something like Supernatural to someone and say, hey, you know, give it a watch or whatever. For me, that would be wrong. For me, personally, that would be sinful because I understand it as blasphemy. Now, I'm not saying, you know, it's it's wrong for everybody. I'm just saying me personally in my walk, in my place where I am with my soul, I can't do that because I understand that as blasphemy. If someone else doesn't and you suggest it to someone and, you know, whatever, I don't know, you need to, you know, work out your own faith with fear and trembling. But the way I have my faith worked out with fear and trembling is that if I understand something to be blasphemous, I can't, I can't give it that much credence. And I try to to call it out when I can, you know, we, we, we don't talk about supernatural a lot on this show and I'm sort of happy about that. <laughs> because we never uh, really have to discuss it's easy it. for us to not discuss it considering none of yeah. us actually exactly. watch it uh, i you know yeah. i think dr jace actually was on an episode or uh, from Rushing? when he was yeah i think so um but i, I, I just remember him liking the show but um yeah but the, fact, the bottom the, uh, the, the bottom line is you know like you were saying um i guess maybe the the, the theme of this episode is your your mileage may vary um, cause I do know some Christians <laughs> I respect who, who mm-hmm. love the show and, and love the themes that it brings out, mm-hmm. um, in spite of, uh, the way it, it portrays, portrays God and mm-hmm. heavenly things. So, um, Steve, since, yeah, well, you're, you're next in line to read an email. So awesome. <laughs> we got an email about Shin Godzilla. Oh boy. Oh, this is, is this Nathan, uh, McGill? 
No, this is Nathan Marchand. And he actually oh, has a podcast coming out uh, soon. I, if it hasn't come out already, um, I'll need to check in on that. But it's, a, it's about um, uh, kaiju movies and their historical context and, um, and thematic things. So cool. he's also a, f- a friend of the podcast. He was on the, uh, the Godzilla 2000 whenever. Uh, the American Godzilla, most recent American Godzilla movie. He was on that with us, yep. and uh, yeah. So anyway, here he is to talk about Shin Godzilla. Dear strangers and aliens, hello again from Nate Marchand. I just listened to the road trip episode on Shin Gojira, aka Godzilla Resurgence, and as a G fan, a member of the Strangers and Aliens family, don't forget I saw and reviewed the 2014 film with Ben. And a would-be podcaster planning a show that will analyze the entire Godzilla franchise, I feel I must say some things, especially since I wasn't able to join you guys on the road trip. First, I once again find myself a bit at odds with Evan. I swear I'm not trying to always pick on you, Mr. David. He was far too harsh on the special effects. This film is made... That's what it says. Uh, let's let's actually read the email and then we can you know, interrupt <laughs> okay. and, and do that kind of thing. So. This film was made on a budget of $10 million compared to Gareth Edwards' $160 million. Regardless, I feel every penny was thrown on screen. The special effect sequences were used sparingly, allowing more craftsmanship to be put into making them look good. Yes, the proto-Godzilla did look awful. I blurted, are you trolling me in the theater when I saw it? But I think it was meant to. It played with the audience's expectations and allowed Godzilla to enter the film in a fresh way. Heck, I even thought it might be a red herring and turn out to be a different creature. It's the effects. I'm sorry. It, the effects. I don't know. understand this sentence. It says it, the effects always work. work. Okay. Did the effects always work? Not always but its shortcomings were rare, I thought. As for the Time Crisis 2 sound effects, those were also subtle tributes to what became what came before because those were Shawa-era sound effects. It was the same with the Ifukube music clues or cues. But again, they were used sparingly as little gifts to the fans. Second, I think the plot is simple, but I'd hardly call it thin. This is a film about crisis management, specifically managing an ever-evolving crisis. Much like the original Gojira was inspired by the Lucky Dragon number 7 incident and echoed the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, this film draws inspiration on the Fukushima disaster. A nuclear meltdown is caused by a tsunami, i.e. a monster from the sea, that at first seems manageable, but quickly escalates until Japan is unable to handle it. The characters face the disaster of Godzilla, something they've never seen or dealt with before, and wrestle with hard choices about what should and must be done to save their country. It cut me to the core when I saw the Japanese prime minister say he didn't want to go down in history as the man who authorized the dropping of a third bomb on Japan. By the way, the girl with big brown eyes was supposed to be Japanese-American. She referred to Japan as the land of her grandfather. Why she, was, why she still has a thick accent, I don't know. I've gone on long enough. And while I could say more, especially about the directors who've worked on some famous animes, I'll summarize by saying I liked and enjoyed Shin Gojira. 
it's equal parts nostalgia, anime, political thriller, and disaster film. Keep up the good work, fellas. Live long and prosper. Your bro in Christ, Nathan. There. Now, um, I mean, we can respond some, but I, I do want to keep in mind, we've had our chance to have our voice, and this is our opportunity to give listeners their voice. But, Evan, if you take issue with something here, uh, now, is, now is the time to take issue with it, I guess. So sorry. Just got a little... <laughs> yes. All right. Um, I, yeah, like I said, reference the episode for my thoughts, but some very good insights here from Nate. Um, I just, I mean... Budgetary budgetary concerns, they, I guess they have to be taken into account. But when comparing this to the last Godzilla film that hit theaters, I'd say there's no comparison as to which one is superior, in my opinion. And it's not this one. Yes, and your mileage may vary. <laughs> because <laughs> Indeed. You can't tell Evan his opinion is wrong, right? Because you can't say you don't feel that way, right? All right, so we're going to move on now to some uh, feedback on the Dragons episode. And again, I, there's going to be some some uh, feedback here that's going to go against uh, some of the opinions that were expressed in that episode. I think the episode stands for itself, stands on its own. I don't want to argue with our listeners necessarily. Um, eventually, someday I'm going to write a book that nobody's going to like, and I'm going to get ostracized from everybody because it's going to be called Why You Can Believe in a old earth and not be a heretic and also believe in a young earth and not be considered intellectually dishonest. But um, you can't write that book because everyone would hate you and think that you're, <laughs> but um, yeah, so here's, well, here's some, people have already tried to write it as well. So. Yeah, maybe they have, but I haven't seen it. So, um, and maybe it's because everyone hates them. But anyway, uh, first, first we have a, an email from, from Daniel and he says, just finished the dragon ep interview episode, currently enjoying the funny woodprint shop ad. It was great. And I only wish the interview or discussion after went longer. I wanted to inform you all about some book series that you may not be aware of, which take place in pre-flood days. The first is cradle land chronicles by Douglas hurt. These are some fun-to-read Christian-authored books that follow Noah's, Noah's family and eventually Noah himself into the days of the Flood. There are dinosaurs, satanic cultures, advanced civilizations, technology, and angel-demon battles. It's very faith and Christ-oriented. The second cool. is Lost Civilizations by Von Hepner. I'm not sure if this author is Christian, but thinking so. God and the Creator comes up in his other sci-fi books often, and the way he tackles theological topics and God himself in these books are very promising and biblical. They are much more fantasy with all kinds of hybrid creatures, of which Nephilim is just one of. Uh, epic battles, deep world-building magic, and awesome angel-demon lore from the beginning. Definitely check them out. They follow a fictional character in the days long before the Flood. Von Hepler, Von, Von Hepner also wrote some books oh. that take place just before, during, and after the Flood itself. Very exciting stuff, and I feel this period in biblical history, as well as the thousand-year reign of Christ, are sadly untapped ages for a plethora of amazing speculative Bible fiction. Um, next we have, I would agree with that last statement. Next we have a email from Rodus and I, that was just the, the email name. Um, anyway, he says, I'm not a six day, 24 hour creationist. I'd caution against what I hear in this particular podcast. That is assuming that those of us who don't believe in a six, 
sixth literal day creation do so because we don't give value to what the Bible says. The genre of the book or even part of the book in question needs to be taken into account as well as what else is said and the implications of that. For instance, why six 24-hour days? Why is a day 24 hours long? Because that is how long it takes the earth to make a turn on its axis in relation to the sun, a sun which didn't exist for the first three days, which also means that morning and evening mean something other than the simple, straightforward way we normally take them. And morning and evening where? What part of the earth was judged by that? Uh, certainly not the poles where morning and evening can mean something very different than 24-hour periods. And if the earth didn't have a tilt to its axis, no moon yet, there wouldn't even be a morning or evening at the poles. And yes, I've heard that God's light stood, for, stood in for the sun for the first few days, but God is omnipresent. His light would have shown all over, not just at a localized place. No, I don't think we are to take the opening of Genesis as a literal play-by-play account of what happened in the beginning, not because I think the Bible is wrong, but because I think it is a poetic account of what happened. Correct in substance with details related in a meaningful manner. Um, yeah, so that's that's that. And again... Well, I mean, the... Yeah, the, the 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 style that it is written in is not poetic. You know, it's written in a style that, I mean, the, the uh, Hebrew poetry is pretty specific in how it's it's presented. Yeah, but that's, and, I mean, you're parsing words from what he's saying there. I mean, that's not exactly what he, he's not saying just because it's a poem. It's, that's that's not what he's saying. Um, I mean, Right, he, but also he says, he says that it's, uh, what does he say, correct in substance with details re- relayed in a meaningful manner. If, I mean, the other way to look at origins is evolutionarily i'll i'll just assume that that's what he's he's going with here um if you look at the evolutionary origin of the world it doesn't follow how genesis lays it out i'd like to bring us back to the fact here of what the emails is really about though and that's uh, there's a debate we can have here for another time but what he's saying uh, and again this is why i can't write that book uh, is, I mean, he's explaining himself about why he still says he's, I mean, he's saying he values the Bible, but he also does not believe it was a six day creation and his email here. And what we have to be careful about in, and again, going back to my book, um, that he hears the assumption that those who don't believe in a six day literal creation do so because they don't give value to what the Bible says. Okay. So we do have some, uh, a voicemail also about the dragons episode and that's from RC again. Hey guys, RC from Indiana. Uh, I wanted to comment on your dragons episode. Um, that's a, it was pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting episode, but you know, it hits on something I've always felt even from a young child before I had a grasp on a lot of things. Uh, it just didn't make any sense that people try to differentiate between, uh, or I guess, you know, call dragons mythical, yet we know that there's dinosaurs. Uh, I agree, you know, with, with the thought there. Um, but, you know, so I mean, as far as that goes, I agree with the thought. Uh, as far as, um, uh, you know, I think that says something, though, it is today. A lot of this just speaks about the culture today. I mean, you can look online. I don't care what it, what it is, whether it's, uh, oh, you know, um, a picture of, you know, well, you know, they caught sharks in the Mississippi River. But you'll, you know, they know that. Even though they've had people catch it or, you know, have photographs, you know, you'll still, even if it's been proven, quote, unquote, by, uh, you know, witnessed by a scientific community or whoever gets to decide that somebody actually saw something, uh, you'll have, you know, three times the people 
denying that, you know, it's Photoshop, it's fake. We just don't have any trust in each other anymore is ultimately what that's indicative of. You know, we constantly think people are trying to trick us, or I think ultimately what it is uh, is, you know, a certain amount of selfishness where we want to be better and smarter than somebody else, and that's ultimately what it comes down to. Uh, but, yeah, I completely agree with what he had to say. I felt that way for a long time. Uh, as far as Steve's question on the program regarding how to introduce people to creationism, as far as my own background, it takes too long to explain, but the short of it is, uh, you know, I, despite being raised in a Christian home, um, you know, I, as I went to college, uh, you know, I don't know, I had a lot of different opinions on different things. I've never really embraced evolution as it's presented. Uh, but anyhow, so for a long time, you know, it's, you know, I, you know, have the opinion that, you know, maybe time, things are different. But here's, I guess here's ultimately what it comes down to if you want to approach somebody on this subject and you, have, you know, are firm on the 24 hour thing. Right now, there was a, uh, uh, uh meeting about, uh, in, in the, uh, American, uh, uh, Museum of Natural History. And they gave it a 20 to 50% chance that we're actually living in the matrix. Okay, so people, scientific people, are willing to accept that there is a 20 to 50 percent chance that we are living in a simulated reality. But yet, at the same time, the same people that feel that way also would probably find it preposterous that uh, God could create all that we know could be created in six days. But they believe that instantly a virtual reality could be created and that we're all actually living inside of it and wouldn't know. Um, so, you know, right, you know, I guess you, know, you can talk about that, you know, and bring that up, that there are, you know, serious, I mean, even ask what their opinions are. I mean, from just a purely uh, theoretical standpoint, you can kind of understand how they could say, oh, well, 25, 20 to 50% chance. So at the same time, if you have an omniscient creator who can you know, do anything he wants, basically, you know, he set all the rules that he could not establish everything within that time frame. Now, my background, you know, I, I've, you know, kind of fluttered all over, but that, uh, just that thought that, uh, you know, as a, you know, a creator myself or, you know, even working in computer programs, uh, you know, that you can create something that, you know, shouldn't even be there in basically no time. Even the things we can accomplish today should at the very least suggest that God, uh, uh, is not only out there, but could do all these things in six days. And that's the thing that got me thinking in response to Steve's question. And you can bring these things up if you want to talk about it. Um, but, you know, definitely that's a topic where legitimate scientists feel that we're, you know, there's a, up to a 50% chance that we're living in a virtual reality, and we don't know it. So if people are willing to accept that, surely it's not out of the question to accept that an omniscient uh, alpha and omega creator could put everything into existence within six days, or as far as we could conceive six days. So, eh, anyhow, that's my thoughts. Uh, good episode, guys. Thanks. Bye. All right. So next we have uh, an email from Aaron. And Aaron says, Hi, Strangers and Aliens. I love the show. As I am writing this, I am watching the Polar Express with my toddler for what must be the 20th time in the last week. Wow. As I attempt to make some sense of the jumble of images that apparently passes as a movie, I keep telling myself that <laughs> Evan likes it, so there may be something of value, despite him being tragically wrong about nearly everything else. Good grief. Oh. Captain America Civil War, <laughs> Power Rangers, etc. 
I would be interested if you have the time in a podcast, at least in part, on the meaning slash value of the movie beyond Avatar Fever, the use of 3D as spectacle rather than story. In other words, 75% (laughs) of this movie. Or Tom Hanks' self-gratification, whatever that hobo was about, and the mess of other stuff. A Jewish elf in a Napoleon hat? I know this is a busy time, but would you be interested? Uh, But I would be interested in at least hearing your thoughts. Keep up the good work, Aaron. And he says, busy time. I don't remember what time he sent the email in. Right. Um, before I turn it over to Aaron, not Aaron, before I turn it over to Evan, that's me. <laughs> I am going to give a teaser of something we're planning to do this summer. And I'm not sure if it'll work out, but it'll probably be end of July, maybe in, in, in August in there somewhere. But we were planning Christmas in July. And yes. I am going to watch, is it three? The th- yeah, three movies. Three that movies that hate, I hate. That I love. That Evan loves, and we're going to see, not if Evan can convince me to love them, but if on revisiting, I like them better. Or or watching them outside of the Christmas season, if that has something to do with it, right? I don't think that'll have anything to do with okay. it. No, that's something I can get into out of, nope. Yeah. Um, and those three movies are Polar Express, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, live action. Yes, the Jim Carrey. And Santa Claus? might have been Santa Claus. I know it was Polar Express and Grinch. I can't remember that third one. I think it's it's Santa Claus. Claus. Santa Claus is one of the three that I actually want to like because of the franchise value. Mm. Um, Just because of the idea of Martin Short. (sighs) You don't talk about that one. In the third one. (sighs) As what, Jack Frost or something like that? The only good part about gold there, man. (laughs) The only good part about that is his costume, which looks really cool. But we're not watching that one. No, we're not. But it's the franchise possibility then for me to continue. We'll see. But briefly. Briefly, yes. Briefly. If you want an in-depth explanation, we do have a a video on our Facebook page where I go in in depth on why I like Polar Express so much. But it has nothing to do with the CGI uh, or anything else. It has to do 100% with the story and how it hit me. Um, The Polar Express, I'm not exaggerating, is the most spiritually impactful movie that I've seen uh, that has affected my life personally. I go back to it often throughout the year, uh, not to watch it, but just my thoughts go there. And it's a, it's a great parable for me to remember uh, an important thing about faith, uh, especially in a day and age where it's full of doubt. And if you watch the movie, it's very clear that the, the whole movie is about belief and doubt. And uh, at the end of the day, and I believe this is a biblical thing, and it took me a long time to understand this, and this is the movie that helped me to understand this. At the end of the day, it's your choice. It's your choice. Now, we can argue about that with you know election and whatnot, but regardless of that, at some point, you yourself, whether or not it's you who initiated it or God who initiated it, you make a choice to follow Christ. And that's that's the important thing. Despite, despite what uh, evidence there is, all around, because there's evidence all around us, the Bible says, but, at the, you know, I can show you a million different things, but at the end of the day, you have to choose to believe. And that's what that little boy has to do at the end. He's in the North Pole, surrounded by every piece of evidence you could ever want for Santa Claus, but he still can't hear those bells. He still can't see Santa Claus until he purposes in his heart to put his faith in him. And I just remember it being a thematic mess that says <laughs> tries to say things and then 
goes back on it and says other things that you thought it was saying. And, and I couldn't disagree more with that. Yeah. So and I couldn't hear the bells. It's like, what <laughs> bells are you talking about? <sighs> I didn't get it at all. Anyway, I unabashedly, unabashedly, so, unashamedly love that movie. So I'll be revisiting it though. It won't be a retro movie review. Like that won't be the, the it'll be a special Christmas in July or Christmas in August. Yeah. Something. Well, okay. Summer Christmas. Is unabashedly a word? Yes, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. You're good. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) You can use it unabashedly now. Uh Uh-huh. Good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, next, we've got a couple of emails about the tripods. Sweet. So Evan, why don't you go ahead and read the first one there? Okay. This is from Mark Adams, and he says, I enjoyed your review and preview episode and reminded me what to look forward to in 2017. But now I look forward to your episode on tripods. So you had better do it or else. We did. Spoiler alert. Yes, we did. If you (laughs) you want to go back and listen to it. Okay, there isn't much I can do. It is not like I'm going to hop... Hop in the next, hop on the next flight. I guess he's gonna come. He was gonna come here and and make us yeah, do he's it. He's gonna come across, across the pond. Ah, I see. I first met tri, I first met tripods because of the BBC television series. It was a replacement, if memory serves me well, uh, the sci-fi left by Blake's Seven. BBC <laughs> did two series following the first two books and then stopped. It was years later that I bought the trilogy and read the final story. It is a part of my discovery of science fiction, exploring more than just the pew-pew stories, but seeking thoughtful character pieces that British sci-fi tends to bring. That is all for now, but do keep up the good work and Godspeed. Mark Adams. From Mark's Mess Podcast, which we unabashedly um, reference and talk about and recommend. So unabashedly, unabashedly. Uh, okay, briefly, Blake Seven. I want to watch so bad. I've never heard of this. Well, we should do it. We should do it. I I can't find places to watch it, but there is this new BBC uh, streaming surface uh, service that um, <laughs> that has like tons of Doctor Who, has the newest season of Red Dwarf. Cool. Um, and I haven't looked to see if it has Blake's seven, but I really, 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 if it's there, I'm in. Cool. But I just have to wait until I get out of camp season here in the summer. I was trying to think if I watch anything by the BBC. And then I thought the crown, that's by Netflix. (laughs) There's tons of stuff by the BBC on, on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's some good stuff. Planet earth. Yeah. That's I like that one. I like it better with Sigourney Weaver though. Mm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so Sigourney Weaver sci-fi. It's relevant. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Steve, why don't you read the next email there from Keith? Keith Schleicher. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Anyway, it says, Ben, you and I are about the same age from what I've gathered. And when I saw your episode of the, on the, of excuse me when i saw your episode of the tripods i thought it might be about some new radio drama or something i listened to the show and as you were discussing it i thought that this sounded a lot like the comic book boy's life i used to read then you mentioned it and confirmed my suspicions i don't know if you'd be interested in this but i found a site that has all of them for the first book and he lists the site uh, at the dash haunted dash closet dot blogspot.com don't don't read yeah. the whole thing yeah people can yeah, google it <laughs> uh boys life was a white mountain boys life yeah boys life was a um i think it was a boy scout magazine, boy scout magazine yeah and they hit they did one page or two pages 
of uh, a comic that that adapted the White Mountains. So anyway, continue. Yeah, Boys Life, also a great song by Crash Dog from the early 90s. But that's beside the point. Uh, he says, he goes on, if I remember correctly, they had futuristic kind of clothes, a solid color with a yellow triangle on the front. It's been so long, I could be wrong. I do like, uh, excuse me, I do think that the caps that were used were more like glass helmets. I could be remembering something else, though. I enjoy the show, and I remember stuff that you do, too, but I think that Steve and I have more in common musically. Hey, wow, look at that. <laughs> just threw in a little musical thing. Um, I didn't even read this beforehand, so it's just this uh, wonderful little synergy there. Um, I did enjoy the show Steve did with Under Midnight. I have those CDs yet. I have those CDs yet. I guess he's, he still has those CDs. I think that means. Um, but yeah, the uh, Under Midnight show that I did with uh, one of the um, seminal people involved uh, caesar kalinowski um great episode that i had a ton of fun doing and if you like techno music and you like concept albums and you like science fiction-y techno concept albums and stuff like that um please go <laughs> listen to that show i just had a blast doing it he was just a great guy to, to uh to do the show with too and keith uh i believe you are you're thinking definitely of the boys life uh comic but i think you're thinking of the uh city of golden lead uh story adaptions because they, they did those too didn't they i don't know i'm pretty sure they I did and uh the glass helmets they wore they wear inside the city uh and that that would be where you'd have the futuristic kind of clothing because otherwise they're wearing jeans and flannel which <laughs> which bugs me because they're supposed to be wearing medieval clothes yeah the thing for me was <laughs> it's almost the opposite for you because when I was a kid, I read the books and then I was flipping through Boys Life magazine mm-hmm. in my library and I'm like, this looks interesting. And then I start looking closer and it's, you know, some middle chapter of the, the story is, wait, this is, <laughs> this is that book that I really love. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got a uh, voicemail and it's about our action figures episode. And this is from RC. Narcy from Indiana. I had uh, recently listened to your uh, action figure retrospective. Uh, you know, Ben brought up an interesting point you know, regarding uh, you know idolatry or questions about that. You know, I have contemplated that myself uh, over time. There was a time when I was you know, really into the collecting aspect. I think there's at least elements of that there, but you know, we can find that in a lot of our society, of course. Uh, but for myself, you know, like. Having these things now, you know, it's something, you know, because I sell a lot of Star Wars action figures, Romatech, Macross, you know, a lot, a lot of those things, older ones and even newer ones they produce. Uh, and, you know, one thing I've been able to identify with myself is just, you know, these things are attached to, to good memories, positive memories. Uh, you know, a lot of that, you know, you know gifts and family or just wonder, you know, at the world in general and for lack of we just want to communicate that to our children, at least myself. You know, it's one thing I wanted to hand off and, and to be able to somehow impart to them. Um, you know, they do play with some of them delicately while I'm watching. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like you just want to give them this stuff. You know, that's part of passing our, you know, our faith or the important things, Christian faith. Uh, but that's because of, you know, what God has done for us, what Christ has done for us. And, uh, you know, we want to pass it on because of how important it is. And to a much lesser degree, you know, things like that, nostalgia, 
uh, you know, that's where that comes from. You know. So, yeah, and, and I get what you're saying. I'm not saying that all collecting and collections are idolatrous, but it just it is interesting to me when I look at, like, my displays of action figures. It's like, oh, there's, there's my little shrine. <laughs> so I've, I've thought that way, too, about, like, my I've got a Superman collection place and prominently displayed in our home. And I, I thought the same thing, but yeah, I like, I like a lot of the points you brought up, uh, RC. Yeah. It definitely goes beyond just the, okay, we have this thing. And is it, is it such a, an important thing that's an idol to us? But I mean, there are more, there's more nuance to it than, than just it's, it's this or it's that, right? right. There's, there's a lot more nuance. It might be to visually it. similar, but practically, yeah. You know, it's, no, it's nothing of the kind. You know, what I was thinking about recently was my, my friend, when I was in sixth grade or seventh grade, his mother, no, his grandmother, he lived with his grandmother and she painted. And when I, one time when I visited him, that's actually the person who introduced me to Robotech, by the way. But, nice. um, I visited him and he showed me his grandmother's paintings and they're really good. It was all these people. It was always people but none of them had faces. Mm. And in fact, one time oh. he, he actually said to me, yeah, you'll notice they don't have faces. <laughs> and I just, it's kind of hard not to notice. <laughs> they don't have faces. It's pretty clear. There is no face. And he said it was a religious thing for her that she didn't want to paint faces and she wouldn't make um, a graven image. Hmm. Uh, so interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Evan, why don't you go ahead and read this next one? This is from Nathan, and we've heard from him already, but uh, this is about the most important sci-fi fantasy films of each decade. And <laughs> Okay, here we Evan, go. Evan, I, I expect <laughs> proper emphasis. All right, here we go. Hey, Strangers and Aliens, Lord of the Rings. How could you leave this film trilogy out when discussing the most important sci-fi and fantasy films of the decades? Yes, the merits of the films compared to masterpiece books is debatable, but this was an unprecedented feat in filmmaking. Peter Jackson took three books long considered unfilmable and made them into iconic films. He filmed all three simultaneously for continuity and yearly releases, which had never been done. In fact, the closest would be old-timey epics like The Ten Commandments. It revolutionized special effects, motion capture in particular, and proved that a CGI character, Gollum, could be as believable as real actors. Plus, it skyrocketed Andy Serkis' career, among others. For many years after that, it seemed to be a Hollywood tradition to release a fantasy film based on a popular book at Christmas. Also, Lord of the, uh, Return of the King won lots of Oscars, including Best Picture, which rarely, if ever, happens for a speculative fiction film. Regarding the Resurrection story episode, the character Steve was talking about from Marvel's One Month to Live was Flux. Here's his profile on Comic Vine. He has a link to Comic Vine. <laughs> and we're probably not going to link to it in our show notes, though, because... At this point in the episode, there's a lot of show notes that we could be linking to. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> Keep up the great work, fellas. Live long and prosper. I assume he's doing the hand motion that goes with that. Nathan Martian. Yeah. Yep. We didn't mention that. We did I, not. I don't remember what we said for the decade. Well, that would be the 2000s, right? Yeah. Was it Matrix? Uh, no, that's 1999. That's yes, right. Yeah, 90s. Can't remember what What'd we, we said. What did we say for 2000s? Or did we do? Oh, I said Iron Man. Did we do two thousand one all the way to two thousand fifth or two thousand? No, no. 
I think I, we picked something more no. sci-fi. I said Iron Man because it completely it, blanked it out because it yeah. kickstarted the seat of the MCU. Yeah. yeah, and I remember saying Mad Max, but that would have been for this decade that mm-hmm. we're in right now. And I said Alien for the two thousands. I'm joking. It was a joke. Oh. <laughs> he said Alien versus Predator. Come on, yeah. that makes <laughs> <more> sense. <laughs> That's the uh, only Alien movie I've seen. Uh, I, said, I think Sky High really uh, set the mark. From the early Sky uh, High. So, <laughs> yeah, Nathan, you're right that that definitely could have been yep. our pick, but it wasn't. <laughs> so, and clearly, our pick made such a remarkable impression on ourselves. Yes, that, that we could call it up instantly yep. from memory. From our memory, right. yes. Right. All right, next. Let's see here. I need to make this bigger because I take a picture of it. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, actually, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to do this. This is uh, actually from an iTunes review. And iTunes. Yeah. Guys, if you listen to us through iTunes, go and review us, please. Hey, this guy did this on my birthday. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, and this comes from I mean, it's it's an iTunes review, like I said, so the the name isn't necessarily the person's name. Um, this comes from Ben's E the Bond Slave. So I don't know anything about what that could mean or what it does mean. I don't know if it's referencing something, but Left a review on Steve's birthday, apparently. Yeah. And this is what Ben's says. I really like this podcast. They do a good job of dissecting movies and culture from a Christian perspective. I do have a bit of criticism. Sometimes I feel like Ben can be a little more critical than accepting of Evan's comments, particularly on the DreamWorks animation episode. I think a great thing about being geeks, especially Christian geeks, is that we should be loving and respectful of the other's views, even if they aren't particularly views we agree on. I felt like on this episode, Evan was just trying to express some of his excitement over these films, and Ben was the guy that would approve or disapprove. I don't think there was a lot of shared excitement or unity, but rather I felt like there was a lot of correcting and surprise pauses that seemed to cancel out any of Evan's enthusiasm. I believe this could really turn people off who are excited about these films as much as Evan was. I think we as geek believers in Christ should be less critical of others' opinions and more open to the share to share similar excitement to dig into movies and find biblical themes or ideas rather than simply reject and state cryptic comments like, yeah, it was a movie. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> There's a couple things here, and one is... Um, I, and I'm being careful in how I, I say this, but um, I, I wish that this, this had been an email comment yeah. and not a public review. Um, yeah. Just so there could have been some back and forth about it and it could have been more of a constructive, like, a constructive mm-hmm. feedback rather than a, a critical review to put out there. But you know what? The fact of the matter is what a review is for They're to let people know what they're in for. Yep. And so what are people in for when they listen to the podcast? There is disagreements for me, sometimes. me being very critical <laughs> and unaccepting. Well, and you know what? The truth of the matter is, I am sometimes. Well, let, let me what? let me let me say it's something. True. <laughs> ben, when he's saying stuff like this, and and this is coming from me, he's not like he doesn't have a squirt into my head making me say this. <laughs> um, say when, it. <laughs> when Ben is being critical about stuff, it's it's about the. It's not about me. 
or my opinion. It's about what he actually thinks about the content of like the actual movie, which yeah. I don't care. You know, like, like that was the whole point of that episode right. was to talk through these movies. I don't like a lot of DreamWorks movies. And that's and okay. I really don't. Now, there is the conversation we had about Prince of Egypt. Yes. Where that was a genuine surprise because as high of a quality of a movie it is, it was a genuine surprise to hear Evan actually say it's his favorite movie of all time. You know? And so, but anyway, all that to say, there is some truth to what's what's here, mm-hmm. you know, to what they're saying here. Uh in, in the review. Um, but at the same time, the one thing I hope people don't hear when we're doing that is that I don't value Evan's opinion or that kind of thing. Because the fact of the matter is, I wouldn't have asked him to be on the podcast if I didn't value his opinion. I mean, we specifically, we had Dr. Jace, we had Steve, we had me. Those are voices that we were like, let's, let's do this in three different voices. When we lost one of our voices, you know, not that Dr. Jace is completely gone. He's come back every once in a while. But, um, you know, bringing in a third voice was important because that really worked well for us. And so uh, we didn't really do a search high and low kind of thing. It was like, hey, Evan's here. Let's do it, you know. And so I'm hoping that's not what people are hearing. But yeah. at the same time, here we are, you know, and we're I'm doing Christmas in July. And I <laughs> so buckle up. And I, and I feel like. If I feel like I'm the one who's coming in at Ben. Like Ben's really excited about all this stuff, and I'm like, those special effects are stupid, you know. <laughs> so, but I never feel well. That's not true. There was one time I did feel personally like I have no relevance. In no, this I world. remember that. Which one was that? I don't know. But you were sitting at my table. I, I know, and I was really trying to like, no, it's not that Ben. I promise. It's like, oh, it was the Star Wars special. It was Star Wars. That yeah, was it. that was the special editions. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so listen Memories. listen we have fun we have a good time and we're still we're i think what he's concerned about is is we're not doing a you know, proper christian fellowship with this thing and i think we are and i think it's okay to disagree on let's face it trivial matters like these things are um oh yeah it's it's movie opinions i mean we yeah. we love talking about it and frankly for us it's kind of more fun when we do disagree, because that, that way it's not just like a praise party every episode, you know? <laughs> um, but yes, yes, some good points. Um, but just know that our heart behind everything we're doing is is it's fun and we're, we're not getting mad at each other. And a peek behind the curtain, I had no enthusiasm for that episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because just of my feelings for most of those movies was just... I've seen it and I either hated it or didn't care or didn't care enough to see it. <laughs> and we're going through a list. <laughs> all right. Yep. That was a movie. <laughs> I mean, it's it's yeah, true. Movie, all right. So, yeah, but it's also a reminder to when we are being critical to make sure we're being critical in the right way. Yes. And with the right tone and all that. So, yeah, we have to remember that. <clears throat> Evan. <clears throat> we also have to remember that, the opinion that matters on this podcast. I mean, I want the voices, but it's my opinion. That matters. <laughs> <laughs> I love having the voices, but you know, in the end, I mean, we, we've talked about this. If you go back to some solo episodes with me and Steve, we'll agree, you know, like on our first, uh, alien smackdown episode, we discussed that, you know, just despite what we come up with, who would win in this alien match, it ultimately matters what Ben thinks. 
right yeah and his his vote would over trump ours and you know if we if we actually do disagree which sometimes we do and we'll if we generally disagree with each other we talk about it off air work it out off air and we're all we're all good friends so yeah 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 except for the star wars special edition (laughs) well yeah there's that i mean clearly the wrong anakin is there but i digress (laughs) oh here we go yeah so we do appreciate the feedback left. Uh, we do appreciate the, the, the reviews on iTunes. Yes. Um, I do also appreciate that it wasn't like the one star iTunes reviews that I've gotten uh, in some places where it's just, okay, just going to put it one star, you know, and not even put a, a comment. It's just who's, who's just leaving one star thing. I mean, that's just to affect the numbers. That's not, right. um, or the, the person who left a one star review of my kingdoms graphic novel series. Oh boy. Yeah. You know why? Why? They didn't like that time period. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, I guess wow. the way it. At least here it's, it actually is like a valid constructive criticism yes. and not chronological <laughs> snobbery. Exactly. Yeah. Not the chronological snobbery, but um, yeah. If, the other thing is like when we're doing this feedback here, you know, this is the opportunity for our listeners to, to disagree and to give us, you know, other, other opinions like Nathan's about Lord of the Rings and, and that. So we do appreciate uh, people who listen, take the time to write in and that kind of stuff. And um, I did want to, normally I don't bring up iTunes reviews uh, partially because I just feel like I don't want to uh, toot our own horn. Mm-hmm. very much uh on our podcast welcome to level seven we'll mention people who've left reviews but i never read them unless there's something particularly interesting and that's the case here it's like i you know i read this one i wanted to read this one because uh it goes beyond just um patting us on the back and and just trying to make us feel good so some people it's not a bad thing but they'll they'll read their reviews well, on the podcast on the podcast and it's just like Man, you know, are you reading this for us or are you reading this for you? You know, and (laughs) at least bring in the announcer guy to do that. Two thumbs way up. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And I I don't want to do that. But but this one actually was something that was engaging us directly. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. All right. Next, we have a voicemail from Brian DuPont. Hello, Strangers and Aliens. This is Brian DuPont, and uh, I am calling on my own road trip also. I took my two boys today to, uh, we're driving up to C2E2 just to have a great time seeing all our superheroes and our artist heroes. Uh, But I wanted to comment on some of your recent um, episodes. Uh, First, I wanted to talk about uh, how uh, you should watch movies um, like the Star Wars series. Should you watch a chronological or an order of release and uh, I agreed with Evan as far as uh, watching it in chronological order until, Ben, you made your point about the wonder, seeing how things unfold and, and how it was set up. And it really convinced me to stop reading the Chronicles of Narnia the way I was and to read it in release order. So uh, that's what I'm doing with that. And, um, yeah, it's definitely uh, that whole storytelling aspect and the wonder that shows up is, is a great point. Um, and then uh, you guys just talked about uh, the resurrection and um, just kind of in nerddom, I guess. And uh, just a few. I, I'm surprised you didn't bring up Gandalf. 
But then again, that probably was one that everybody was going to go ahead and go to on anyway. But um, Steve, you mentioned uh, video games and how dying in video games. And uh, I wanted to point out that um, I did some research on Pokemon because my boys are both huge into Pokemon right now. And uh, originally when they made the Pokemon games, they didn't want it to be said that your Pokemon died. Instead, it got knocked out. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, idea and something that they strove to do. But then uh, the last thing I wanted to bring up, and I looked all over for it, but I read this interview in the back of one of my graphic novels um, where the creator was around when um, Marvel had killed off Gwen Stacy. And uh, Stan Lee got all of these death threats about how could they have killed off this beloved character. And uh, he went to the writing staff and said, I don't care how you do it, but you have to bring Gwen Stacy back. And that was, um, I think they said that was the first time they ever brought back uh, a comic book character from dead. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't know that far into uh, the comic books, but... Those are just some of my thoughts. Guys, love your show. I'm so glad you bring um, a Christian aspect to um, all this all this work. And, um, yeah, it's just fantastic. So uh, you guys have a great day. Um, and keep making these awesome episodes. All right, bye. So, <laughs> Evan, as yes, you sir. see my opinion. Of course, yes. Uh, <laughs> We've got a big, giant whiteboard here. We're just keeping score. There's one thing that I... I have to bring up though. And because it would be, it would just be a tragedy if I didn't bring it up. I can't find this email. And so I don't know if it was actually from Brian, but I think it was. Okay. Because he, someone wrote an email and I'm pretty sure it was a follow-up to this voicemail where he was talking about reading the Chronicles of Narnia mm-hmm. in chronological order or in written order. And he saw that the publisher made a note in the Chronicles of Narnia books saying this is we, we've renumbered them because C.S. Lewis himself said this is his preferred reading order. That people should read Magician's Nephew first mm. and then which to me, I've actually seen a letter to a child that he wrote. Through. He said, yeah, you, you should read it that way. You know, maybe you should read it that way. Um, it's definitely the publisher you know, responding to public outcry because mm-hmm. people were upset. Right. They renumbered, but just so that, you know, it's not a complete win, <laughs> but, um, but I still, even, even with that, I still go with, that's my preferred. Like if I'm going to read it to my kids, that's the order we're going to go in. Yeah. We're going to go line, which wardrobe first, let's see Narnia first. And then let's see Aslan sing narnia into existence you know that that's my my preference and well i've had to make a compromise in my thinking with the star wars thing because i've my boss at one of my jobs has never seen a single star wars and so i'm trying to he has no idea what Mm -hmm. anything star wars is so i'm trying to convince him like dude you have to at least watch one of these (laughs) (laughs) come on and uh so I, you know, I'm, I'm telling them, you know, I'll sit down, I'll watch them all with you if you want, but I get, just get the feeling he may only have the patience to watch one of these. And so if he's watching one and only one, I'm not going to show him episode one. Let's just be honest. I've, I've got, interesting. I got, 
I can't do that, you know? <laughs> if he's only yeah, going to watch one. That's not a chronology thing. Yeah. That's a that's a quality. Yes. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> yeah. If you want quintessential Star Wars, it's got to be episode four. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's the quintessence. So if he's watching them all, yes, I'd start him on episode one. But if he's only going to watch one, it's got to be number four. And I also want to throw out there that when I say this is what I do, this is my preferred order. Okay. Um, this is not the only way to watch them. For me, what I'm saying is it's the best way to experience it for the first time. Okay. Yeah. That's what I say. Um, because then watch it in whatever order you want, which is what I did. You know, we got all three star Wars movies, but after I saw all three of them, it's like, I've got them on video cassette. We taped them off TV. What am I in the mood for? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm in the mood for this one or that one. And yeah. Uh, that's it then. That is our feedback. We may have missed some. That's that's something different in the document. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we may have missed some, but um, if we did, it's my fault. <laughs> it's completely my fault because of just the time, the timing, some technical difficulties. If you notice a, a change in audio, there was some technical difficulties in the middle of this episode. Um, actually a lot of technical difficulties yes. in the middle of this episode, but uh, yeah. So I do apologize if we missed anything from you, um, but we do appreciate it and we do read them as they come in. It's just sometimes we lose them after they come in. <laughs> so. <laughs> So yeah. if, if we didn't read one, send it again. We'll get it. <laughs> and um, we'll yeah, read it on the next one. Down. Well, but uh, here's the other thing. We've talked about this. I'm thinking, I'm thinking we make the change to just add in that hailing frequencies are open yep. at the end of an episode when we have new feedback. Might be a good idea. So, yeah, which will avoid situations like this one. <laughs> Indeed. So. All right. Well, that's it then. Uh, Evan, Steve, you have any any uh, final thoughts before we, we shut this one down? Yeah, um, especially on that last one, Brian, with your closing, that was really encouraging to me. Just uh, hearing that our our podcast is making some sort of difference, even if it's just uh, bringing positive Christian thoughts to your hobby time. I mean... That that's uh that's very encouraging to hear and uh makes me glad I'm a part of this. Steve? Uh I would say, you know, go back and listen to that under midnight episode again, everybody. <laughs> just, you know, go back and listen to that. Just <laughs> it was a great episode, just saying. The only thing that would have made it better is if, you know, I had my other co hosts with me and they had gone back in time and listened to those albums and enjoyed them as much as I had through time <clears throat> but uh since we don't really have a time machine i guess it's not going to happen so anyway <laughs> if you enjoyed the albums go listen to the episode even if you didn't it's a great episode i've gone on way too long yeah i'm gonna keep it short short and sweet and i'm just gonna say thank you so much for listening thank you so much for writing in thank you for reviewing and godspeed You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. 
or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening. And I couldn't hear the bells. It's like, what bells are you talking about? I just 